0: get to know Colonel Andrew Jordan, the garrison commander of Fort Campbell. Find out why he was excited to return to Clarksville after serving with the 5th Special Forces Group, what a day in the life of a garrison commander looks like, and big projects and events coming to post. All in this episode of Clarksville's Conversation. This Fort
1: Campbell series is presented by F&M Bank. Well, Katie. Yeah. It's a big day today. We've got Colonel Andy Jordan the garrison commander with us.
2: I've been looking forward to this series,
1: Charlie. I I have too. And, you know, getting on these calendars is pretty tough, but, you know, we appreciate you being here, sir. Because you
2: don't have anything going on, do you, Colonel Jordan? We've got a little
1: bit
0: going yeah. on for Fort Campbell.
2: Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say but so. Always
0: time, always time for our Clarksville community.
2: Well, we appreciate you joining us today. That,
0: that's right. That's right. So before we get into
1: what's happening at Fort Campbell, let's, let's learn a little bit about you. So how how did you end up at Fort Campbell?
0: Okay. Well, Charlie, you know, I uh, I've been very fortunate to to really have a, a great and exciting military career in the army. Um, you know, I I started life as an infantry officer. Got to uh serve in the the other airborne division as we call mm-hmm. it at, at Fort Campbell. <laughs> yeah. They call it the the lesser numbered airborne division, but uh, those of us that are alumni <laughs> of the great 82nd, we call it just the division. So uh, <laughs> I started That's out right. at Fort Bragg, um, in the 82nd airborne division as an infantry Lieutenant and, and, um, really had a great experience there, but decided I would, I would shift gears a little bit and, and go the special forces route. So mm-hmm. when, uh, early 2002 i uh, i transitioned to uh, to the special forces yeah. and went through the special forces qualification course and then when at, at that point we all know what was going on in the world mm-hmm. uh, in those days and fifth special forces group was really at the tip of the spear on the global war on terror so uh, so I was fortunate enough to be able to come to fort campbell and join the legion and uh, and be part of what i consider one of the greatest if not the greatest unit in the united yeah. states army the fifth special forces group so that's what really brought uh, my family and I to, to Fort Campbell the first time, and as I explain it to uh, to a lot of people around the community, uh, as I talk, all roads lead back to Fort Campbell. So we have fought to get back and f- back and forth to Fort Campbell throughout our career. Uh, this is our third trip back, and uh, and we're just very fortunate to to be able to serve, serve here, continue to serve the army and the community and our soldiers and we, families. We
1: love, we love when people want to come back.
2: Well, I hear that a lot. A lot of people want to come back. So what, just curious, cause I've been here 14 years. What is it about Clarksville that made you want to come back to Clarksville?
0: Well, I'll, I'll really start from the beginning. Okay. You know, we bought our first home here, uh, really the only home we've ever owned. We still own it uh, 18 years ago uh, here in a couple of months. So we've been uh, Clarksville residents for, for almost 20 years now. And, while I was in the qualification course at Fort Bragg, we came here and we started looking for a house and we noticed this was the height of the war. This was spring yeah. and summer of 2003. Everybody was a huge portion of the military was deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And and one thing that we noticed about the Clarksville, Fort Campbell community, Montgomery County was almost every house that you looked at, almost every business, church, school, had signs in the yard. God bless our troops, support our troops. We love our military. That is something you don't see in every military Mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's interesting. The tie that Clarksville, Montgomery County and Fort Campbell have is, is beyond what, what I've experienced anywhere uh, else. I mean, I've been, been fortunate to be involved in other military communities and serve at other great installations, but there's just something about this community and Fort Campbell that, uh, that really makes it feel like home. You know, as my, my two sons uh, who are 21 and 18, you know, they look at Fort Campbell, uh, Clarksville, Montgomery County, uh, even down into Cheatham County uh, as really their home, their adopted home. And the community here gave them that. A lot of military children are not uh, afforded that opportunity. So that's why we continue to fight and continue to to maneuver to get back to Fort Campbell.
2: You know, I find it interesting that you say that about Clarksville because it is a patriotic community. And I moved here in 07. And I remember when I moved here, I moved here from Fayetteville, Arkansas. And I remember when I first moved here, people who aren't in a patriotic community like that, they forgot that we were at war. Because it's just, it wasn't something that was, you know, mm-hmm. they just forgot. And then you come to Clarksville and you're like, wait a minute, there's still this war going on. We're still out there fighting.
0: Well, When you look at Clarksville mm-hmm. and Fort Campbell, the morning of September 11th, 2001, the phone literally rang at mm-hmm. Fort Campbell mm-hmm. with some of the units that we have uh, that, uh, that are stationed at Fort Campbell. You know, the 101st Airborne Division, 5th Special Forces Group, mm-hmm. and 160th Special yeah. Operations Aviation were the first organizations the first units to to really uh avenge the the terrorist attacks mm-hmm. of 911 uh 5th group and 160th within a matter of weeks were were already floor, forward deployed yeah. and then the 101st with with 3rd brigade the rockeasons were the first conventional force to to enter Afghanistan so it, we were at war from the absolute first hour mm-hmm. uh after 911 and yeah, a lot of people fail to realize that, but, but I don't think they ever quit, quit understanding that in Clarksville. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I agree. So can we go back a little further? I want to know what made you decide to join the army to begin with? What made you choose this career path?
0: Well, interesting. I, uh, I went to Oklahoma state university. That uh-huh. was the the school of choice there in Oklahoma. Did you
2: grow up in Oklahoma? I did. Okay. I grew
0: up on a, uh, on a, on a farm just North of Tulsa. We raised uh-huh. wheat beans. Beautiful and area. It, it is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, parents, uh, aunts and uncles, older brother all went to Oklahoma state. So I had, I had been a cowboy since I was, could, could say cowboy, you know, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. that was just the school where I was going to go. And, as I uh, got ready to enter my freshman year, my dad encouraged me to to just take ROTC classes, not not commit to the to the military at that time, but just see if I if it was something that I I looked forward to and uh, and something that I that I thought, you know, would would interest me. So I did. And uh, and really by the end of my freshman year, I, uh, I had decided that that the military was a path that I would like mm-hmm. to take. I didn't know what path I wanted to take in the military at the time. So I, uh, I joined the U.S. Army Reserve and, uh, and later the Oklahoma national guard <laughs> while I was in ROTC at Oklahoma state. And I decided that, uh, you know, combat arms was, was the route that I wanted to take. I wanted to, to be, be in the infantry and, uh, and, and serve in, in, uh, those, those types of assignments. So, uh, you know, military service does run back several generations within my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father served, uh, in, the. Uh, in the, the the early '70s, my grandfather served in, in the Navy in World War II, and then even further back than than that, we've got some folks that were were in the military. So so love of country uh, was really something that was ingrained in me from an early age. Uh, and you know, once I once I got into ROTC and kind of saw what it had to offer, it was was a route that that I thought I wanted to take. Now, if you ask me whenever I was a senior in college and getting ready to get commissioned, <laughs> I was going to do three years in the Army and, and go back to Oklahoma and go, go to graduate yeah. school and, and uh-huh. take a different path. But uh, our experience that we had at, at Fort Bragg early on and I had the opportunity to deploy to Albania and Kosovo as in the late 90s as one of the first uh, units to go into to those conflicts the the camaraderie the the leadership experience the the part of being something larger than yourself and getting mm-hmm. to serve your country was was something I didn't want to give up and here we we sit twenty three years and some change mm-hmm. later and we're uh, we're still having the honor to to serve our country so
2: well we're glad you're here
0: I guarantee mm-hmm. we're glad we're
1: glad you're here and you know I find it interesting uh, that you're in fifth group and now you're the garrison commander. Right, And and we try to define what the garrison commander
0: does. So we're going to let you define it for us.
2: You do everything, don't you?
0: We do a lot. Yes. (laughs) not quite everything that we do. Uh I would say we do most things. So it it is an interesting uh, dynamic. Um, So there is no pipeline Uh to to create garrison commanders in the Army. You know, brigade commanders, battalion commanders, you you grow up in in that career field from the time you're a, a second lieutenant. Uh, you're in somewhat of a similar career field. Yep. And uh, then all of a sudden, as a as a colonel, you get uh, you get told to to go be a Garrison commander. Uh, the, the best way to explain that and, you know, as a special forces officer, you know, we're used to working in ambiguous and fluid environments, uh, a lot of the unknown. So I've had the opportunity to follow a couple of, of really uh, successful special forces officers that have sat in this uh, seat before me. And uh, we uh, we really get get used to operating alone and unafraid and, and in that fluid environment. So I think we're we're kind of well suited to 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 do that as, as special forces um, uh, officers. But what we do in the garrison is we synchronize and we integrate every service on the installation but really to break it down, what I like to tell people is, is the garrison is responsible for ensuring that every young person, every soldier that comes through our gates has every opportunity, every resource uh, to go and train to their wartime mission, go do what most citizens would consider the unimaginable and come home to their family. Mm-hmm. If we can't provide those services, uh, then I have failed in my mission. Um, the other thing that we do is we... We provide services for our our families, our retirees and our veterans on the installation. And what we want to do, what I tell my team is when a soldier goes forward into combat, they need to be focused on what's ahead of them and what's on their left and right. They don't need to be focused on what's behind them at Fort Campbell and that's their family. Mm. So, you know, if a soldier is getting ready to go out on a, on a patrol in, in a foreign country and they get a phone call or an email or a text from their spouse at Fort Campbell and it's January and they say the heater's out, what's that soldier going to be focused on when they go on that mission? They're not going to be focused on what's ahead Mm -hmm. of them and what's to their left and right. They're going to be worried about their family back here at Fort Campbell. So I tell my team, we do everything within our power to avoid those types of of messages yeah. because we need to make sure that they have everything they need to to complete their wartime mission. We take care of the families uh, back here and make sure that the soldiers are able to to take care of themselves and their units when they go forward.
1: So you you do everything from uh, for the families. I mean, you do housing, you do child care, you do all those types of things, and then you have to turn around and deal with roads and infrastructure and, and everything else. I mean, it's every day for you is a different day. I imagine.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I might go from one meeting where we're talking about child development centers and, and staffing for, uh, for those types of activities or staffing for swimming pools Mm -hmm. to the 10 minutes later, talking about the 20 year plan for Campbell army airfield and saber army airfield. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know, I'm, I'm really lucky. I've got a great team of professionals that, uh, that really are the continuity and the experts in a lot of those mm-hmm. fields. We've, we have some great partners on the installation, uh, Blanche Field Army Community Hospital. Uh, it, it really provides great medical care for our families to, to assist us in making sure that mm-hmm. the families are taken care of. Uh, we've got great housing partners uh, to make sure that families have safe, quality homes uh, on Fort Campbell. But uh, but you're right; there's there's never a dull moment. You never know what you're going to be doing from from day to day. You could be out on the range one day, uh, looking at the 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 new range complex we're building, to literally uh, swimming pools right. or, or daycare yeah. centers. It yeah. it is interesting. It's it's very. Well, broad. that's what,
2: probably what makes it you know fun, just because you're not doing the same thing every day.
0: You don't do the same thing every day, for sure, um, and it, it is fun because you know I have spent the last twenty three years taking care of soldiers and families, and that that's what we continue to do. Yeah, um, and and we take that that role very seriously because our, our families deserve the same care and concern right. that, that our soldiers do.
2: So now you mentioned a project while ago. What are some of the, the things that you have going on? What are some of the projects that you're overseeing right now in Fort Campbell?
0: So uh, we uh, we continually we continue to uh, to always work to maintain and mm-hmm. uh, where we can improve and build upon our infrastructure. Uh, we, we were very, very lucky recently to can uh, saber saber army heliport just about uh, two months ago was redesignated by the army as saber army airfield, yeah. uh, okay. which provides just more capability uh, for Fort Campbell. So that's a project that we have going. Uh, we we'll can, we're, we're working at uh Oppor- we're looking for opportunities to to maybe uh, redo some pavement on that, mm-hmm. uh, make it more uh, readily usable for, for some larger fixed-wing aircraft. Uh, we always look to maintain and, uh, and improve Campbell Army Airfield because we know that those uh, two platforms are really what make Fort Campbell mm-hmm. the power mm-hmm. projection platform that it is. Yeah. Uh, other projects that we have going uh, in privatized housing, for example, uh, we always look for for ways to ensure that we have safe and and uh, quality homes for yep. our families. And there's a significant investment that the Army is making at Fort Campbell uh, in terms of, of money. Almost a third of a billion dollars, about $320 oh, wow. million dollars, wow. uh, will be invested over the next five years in our homes on Fort Campbell. Good. Some of those are new homes. Uh, we're building a new neighborhood called Aravea Park. Uh, and then we're going to do significant remodeling to some of our existing homes. In New Hammond, we are remodeling some of our existing homes. And if you look at the before and after, we're taking old homes that were built in the 70s, taking them down to bare concrete and bare studs and completely re- remodeling them. And I would say that they rival any, any condo townhouse yeah. uh, that you would see out on the market. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really what our families deserve. So I think housing is, is a great project. Mm-hmm. And, and barracks have always been, you know, I know that's part of housing,
1: but the single soldiers in the barracks, there's always upgrades needed in that as well. I'm
2: glad the Army's invested money for the families.
0: Absolutely, and you're right, Charlie. Single uh, single soldiers deserve that same uh, level of of housing, and, and we're we're always looking for opportunities to to make that better. Some of our barracks in first brigade, uh, over the next several years, we're investing, uh, in two, we're, we're remodeling two barracks a year, uh, over the next about eight or nine years, depending on kind of how the money flows, but yeah. at a cost of almost $23 million a year o- o- over the next eight or nine years to, to remodel completely, uh, upgrade to, to what we believe is modern standard for our soldiers. And, you know, we can't do it overnight. We can't do all 17 barracks uh overnight just because of of funding but we're doing what we can so that's a significant investment by the army uh you think 23 million dollars a year over over the next eight or nine years is a significant investment to our it's a lot of money well yeah so you got any exciting events or anything coming up yeah sure uh So you you have probably if you've paid attention to the rail lines the last couple of days, if you're up uh, on that end of Clarksville, second brigade combat team strike is heading to J.R.T.C. right now. So they've outloaded. They'll be in J.R.T.C. uh, for the next several weeks. So you will have a brigade's worth of uh, soldiers out of pocket uh, down there training on their their wartime mission and, and, you know, just keeping up those skills and ensuring that they have uh, everything they need to go forward and do our nation's bidding when called. Uh, so that'll that'll be t- uh, taking place. Another thing that we have coming up on March third is is called Hiring Our Heroes, um, and that's a, a great job fair for soldiers and families. Uh, we expect about fifty employers at least to be there uh, looking for the high quality yeah. talent mm-hmm. that we that we have at Fort Campbell. Not every soldier is going to make the Army a t- multi decade career. Yep. We have young people who come in they just want to serve their country and go back into civilian society, and we want to ensure uh, through mm-hmm. these opportunities that we, in, that we ensure that that transition is smooth mm-hmm. because that creates a soldier for life. We want those young soldiers to look back yeah. at their years in the army and know that the army was taught them leadership, goal setting, uh, taught them to work as a team. But then at the end of their army career, we set them up for success yeah. for that mm-hmm. next chapter, uh, Then you've got week of the Eagles in May. We're really excited about that. There's going to be some great things, you know, anybody who's been around Clarksville Mm -hmm. Fort Campbell for a while knows that that's a celebration of the 101st airborne division. Um, that that's a really, that's a really big deal for us. So we're excited about that. Uh, and then part of week of the Eagles, if you remember, we'll have a boots on the ground display and that's kind of a very somber reflective, Mm -hmm. uh, moment in time whenever you can go out mm-hmm. and look at the almost 8,000 pair of boots that will be displayed on uh, on the division uh, front lawn to represent uh, every service member that has died since the beginning of the war on terror, September 11th, 2001. Yeah. So
2: that's pretty sobering.
0: It is. It's, it's mm-hmm. and beautiful at the same time. It is. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. It really is. I've been to that multiple times and
2: I need to take my kids to that. You do. They need to appreciate it.
1: You really do. <laughs> I'll just keep thinking about. No, that. I, I keep thinking about that. You, you,
0: you really should go because you just, you know, you, you. See I have 15 and house.
2: 12 year old boys.
0: Be absolutely yeah. good for mm-hmm. them to see, yeah. you know, and uh, then also it, it looks like we're we're moving towards. In the next several months, having a new Gold Star Memorial in place at at Fort Campbell to represent our Gold Star families as well. So that's another thing when you're Mm -hmm. when you're able to take your boys up and and show them that, Uh, you know, one of the one of the things that's near and dear to my heart is is our Gold Star and our surviving families. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the community here has really um, formed a bond with many of them and reached out to them. Uh, We have our survivor outreach services and, you know, we, we try to get those folks out into the community as often as possible. I know Mayor Pitts, uh, had a, had an opportunity over the holidays, uh, where he welcomed them all to city hall and has a tree yeah. that is decorated with, with a star for each of those families, mm-hmm. uh, from Fort Campbell. And then the families that are in the area that want to travel in can come in and, yeah. and, uh, just be, be recognized by our community leaders, uh, so that that's another great opportunity if if folks in the area want to reach out to those families. Those families deserve our respect. They they reserve our support or deserve our support. And uh, you know, they've they've provided a lot and they mm-hmm. continue to serve because of the, the wounds and scars that, mm-hmm. that they have endured.
2: Yeah, they've given up a lot.
0: You know, and, and when
1: I think it was General McConville back in I'm gonna get the year wrong, um probably twelve or 2012 what? range when he dedicated the old farmhouse to uh, Survivor Outreach Services and gave them a home right there inside of Gate Four and I, that that place is very welcoming and they do a fantastic fantastic job and it's not an easy job
0: no a- absolutely not our team that that uh, runs the Survivor Outreach Service provides some mm-hmm. world class care for those families uh, make sure that the children are. Are notified and and have the opportunities yeah. to apply for scholarships that are available for right. one, the families, the entitlements that they deserve, and that is unique. That that is considered our gold star and surviving families' home on yeah. Fort Campbell. Yeah. It was once the commanding general's home for many years, and now the farmhouse is the the home for those families uh, to come to anytime they want to come to Fort Campbell and visit that house. They're they're yeah. more than welcome.
1: You know, I, th- I think what comes natural to Clarksville. Um, Hopkinsville and Fort Campbell, we're all really, you know, there's a state line in there, but we're all really one big family when it comes to Fort Campbell. And I think it just comes natural that our community uh, migrates and supports Fort Campbell. But what's unique about about our area is that Fort Campbell welcomes citizens in at the same time. It's, it's a mutual relationship. You say you go to, you know, other installations, and sometimes there's not that warm and fuzzy that you feel here.
0: Absolutely. You know, people ask me where it's a bit confusing because you say Clarksville is the city right outside of Fort Campbell. um, But we have Oak Grove and Hopkinsville there, too. But a lot of people kind of have now started looking at, well, Fort Campbell, it says Fort Campbell, Kentucky. But it's confusing in Tennessee and you're an hour from Nashville. And where is this place? So, you Mm -hmm. know, I, I explain it. It it's split between the down the middle by Kentucky and Tennessee, and it's yeah. two miles down the road from the Promised Land. is kind of how I explained <laughs> yeah. Fort Campbell. Yeah. So, uh, it it is. It's an it's an awesome place to serve. It's an awesome place to raise a family. And and you're right, Charlie. Both sides of the state line yeah. support mm-hmm. us um, with with unending support. Really. Yeah.
1: Well, what what have we not talked about? What what do we need to touch on that uh, that our community needs to hear about?
0: You know. We already talked a little bit about transitioning soldiers and, and hiring events. Um, I, I would like to to give you a, a few statistics that we look at, and this goes back to the region as a whole and and what really makes this place work. But we we always want those opportunities to to set soldiers, uh, whether they're they're a twenty two year old uh, young soldier who's mm-hmm. who's at the end of their first enlistment or they're they're ending their career after a couple of decades. We want to set them up for success. Almost 5,000 service members leave Fort Campbell, uh, leave the service from yeah. Fort Campbell every year. 31% of them decide this to stay in this region. Yep. That's
2: a large number. I didn't realize it, it was so it, high.
0: It, just mm-hmm. a few years ago, it was in the teens, and it's really increased. Yes, yeah, so we, we actually beat the Army average by six or seven points. The Army average mm-hmm. is, is about uh, 24 25% that decide to stay in the yep. region uh, where they leave the mm-hmm. service. So we're, we're actually uh, ahead of the pack on that, and you know we want more. We want yep. to create opportunities mm-hmm. for soldiers that are unique to this region so that they can be set up for th- for that next chapter of their life. So these these job fairs and hiring events are extremely mm-hmm. important. That transition assistance is extremely important. But what's also important is spouse employment. Uh I say that if you win the spouse, you win the soldier. Mm -hmm. So if the spouse is happy, if the spouse has a a great career already here within the the Fort Campbell region, uh, when the soldier leaves the service, they've already got some roots here. Mm -hmm. So we also have a spouse employment center on Fort Campbell, which is continually reaching out to the communities to, uh, to look for opportunities for our spouses as well. So if local businesses, if, if some, uh, some organizations want to reach out to military spouses, uh, that's an opportunity for them yeah. to do so, and they can they can find those uh, those resources on our website, or they can reach out directly to to my garrison headquarters and find out the uh, the contact information for those resources. But you know, looking at opportunities for our spouses and children is just as important as yeah. uh, well as our soldiers.
2: I know that right now, a lot of businesses are struggling to recruit employees, so knowing that and having that information would be valuable. Mm-hmm. That's
0: right. And, and if you look at military spouses, I don't think there's really a demographic that is more able to multitask Mm -hmm. and juggle a lot of serious concerns all at one time, plus Uh work a job. Mm -hmm. You know, they're either mom or dad for months at a time uh, not knowing when they're going to hear from their, uh, their soldier and when their soldier is going to be home. So they're, they're playing mom and dad. They're also at times out looking for a career while running, running the home back here uh, on their own. So they, they can multitask and they are they are one tough crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, oh, yeah. You know how to endure a lot of things. And, you know, I, when you when you talk about
1: spouses and or the, the soldiers, you know, I think what employers need to understand is there's a lot of leadership ability that is built in there just naturally due to their job. So when you when you look at the MOS or their job description, you might think, well, they were infantrymen. Yeah, but what does that mean? They could have led a platoon or or whatever, and there's a lot of leadership built in there that people don't realize until they really digest who they're talking to.
0: No, that that's a great point. Um, you know, our soldiers from from the day they they arrive in the army, they're taught you know leadership, goal setting. Uh, they know how to be at the right place, at the right time, at the right uniform. They're they're goal oriented because they're always looking for that next school, that next step mm-hmm. up in their career, that next uh, rank advancement. So I, I would put our soldiers in our, our leadership uh, training up against anything, y- you know, with our, our military professional development programs are designed to take soldiers uh, from a, a basic soldier to a non-commissioned officer, to a senior non-commissioned officer, or from a, a, a young Lieutenant to a company grade Uh, a company commander to then a field grade and and then a senior officer. We have professional development uh, throughout, throughout our Mm -hmm. careers. Um, But it, it, if you look at, at what we, what we do, you're, you're absolutely right. The the thing is, Charlie, when you, when you look at these transition opportunities, we've got to start the conversation. We have to make the connection. Uh, We have programs that help our soldiers write resumes, but a lot of times, uh, our our civilian counterparts may not understand exactly mm-hmm. what an infantryman does. Right, like infantryman carries a gun and wears a big rucksack and looks for the enemy, but really he's out leading his peers, mm-hmm. he's leading his subordinates, or you know he's he's managing hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars of equipment. Uh, he's they they are they are writing training schedules, they are writing uh, personal improvement uh, plans for their soldiers mm-hmm. and all of those things can translate in but the, the the challenge is getting our resumes through the the process the hiring process mm-hmm. with companies and getting that person in the door yep. we have to create that conversation and let our soldiers sell themselves don't let the the paper sell the soldier mm-hmm. so if if you do have those conversations with peers out in the community that may be looking for the for, for employees, get them in the door, have a conversation with them, let them sell themselves and let them translate what they've learned in the military into your, uh, your business. Yep.
2: Now, when is this job fair again?
0: The, uh, the hiring our heroes event is March 3rd. Okay. And then we have weekly job fairs at our, uh, transition assistance program there, there at our campus. And those are, uh, are, are once a week, that that we just bring in a few local employees or employers, and and they they're able to, to engage with soldiers or spouses. So,
2: what if a local employer wants to get involved? How can they get in touch with you guys? Just go to your website.
0: They can they can call the garrison headquarters directly, mm-hmm. and uh, and we will put them in in contact with our uh, our transition assistance program yeah. manager, okay. and and make sure that they get get in uh, in touch with the right people to, to make sure we're taking care of our soldiers and families.
2: Because I know from a marketing standpoint, recruitment's a huge category right now. There's a lot of people out there looking for good employees.
0: That's right. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're all in a fight for talent. And I, mm-hmm. I want to keep as many soldiers in the Army as possible. And I want to keep the best soldiers in the Army. But we all know that, you know, a lot of young people join the military and th- this is not their their 20-year career. Mm-hmm. They don't have that. They want mm-hmm. to to go learn. They want to serve. But then they have other ambitions. And really the Soldier for Life program is designed to to make that transition easier and to ensure that those those young people are set up for success during their next chapter. Whenever I say soldier for life, we wanna we wanna set them up for success so that 10, 15, 20 years down the road, when their son or daughter, their niece or nephew, a kid on their, their little league team or or any young person asks them, Hey, you know, should I join the military? And not just not mm-hmm. just the Army, but should I join the military? Yeah. Should I serve? We want that that individual, we want them to, to look back on their time in the Army and say, absolutely, best four years, best six years, best 20 years of mm-hmm. my life, and it's a great place for you to start out your career. So that's what we consider a soldier for life, is someone who can continue to be our advocate long after they leave the military service and take off the uniform. Absolutely.
1: Anything else you want to touch on before we
0: uh, close shop? We do have a town hall. Uh, that will be February 15th which is ne- next
2: Tuesday yep the,
0: and it will be broadcast on the Fort Campbell garrison Facebook page okay so that's just an opportunity for Major General McGee, the senior commander of Fort Campbell and the commanding general of the 101st Airborne Division uh, myself and then we typically we have other guests on there as well to to communicate to our to our soldiers and families some of the the opportunities that are available some of the you know questions concerns that they may have. Uh, about Fort Campbell on a to a broad audience that, mm-hmm. that may or may not be able to come in and, and get a face-to-face meeting
2: well Colonel Jordan I'm so grateful that you came to join us today because I know you've got your hands full and you got a lot going on so thank you for joining us and I hope you'll come back when you have more stuff to share with us
0: absolutely I,
2: you I have an open it. invitation anytime you want
0: thank you thank you very much And there again it, a, the, the relationship with with this community is just it's just awesome I I I I'm blessed with the opportunity to continue to serve here, and and I hope that others in the uh, in our Fort Campbell community feel the same way that I do. So, thank you very much. Subscribe to Clarksville's Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, so you don't miss out on a single conversation.